Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to see everybody here. We have been in a series that we started last week, All Toxic. Last week we touched on It All Starts With a Thought. This week we're going to be talking about toxic influence. Those things that continue to tether us and don't allow us to be all we can be in Christ. Amen? Amen. I grew up in Williamsburg before sidewalk cafes and paint lounges and before anybody started calling East and West Williamsburg, for me it was the South Side. That's all it was when we were growing up. It was a line that separated the South Side from the North Side. You didn't cross that line unless you were ready to fight. Um, but on Broadway, there was a, a strip of two blocks. There was three theaters. Uh, I don't know how old you guys are, but help me out here and say amen if you hear something that reminds you. We had the Commodore. The Williamsburg and the Marcy Theater. Uh, Williamsburg, eventually, they put an OTB, and now it's a Fab Co shoe. Okay, if you're in that area, it's right next to the Cuchifrito, right? It, all right. Right next to the Cuchifrito, there was a bar, and uh, in that bar, we had, you know, people who hung out in that bar that, you know, of ill repute. Unfortunately, you know, my, my dad and my uncle seemed to frequent the place frequently. One of the things my dad wanted to do was help me to establish a work ethic, so he made me a shoeshine box. Anybody remember shoeshine boxes? Okay, because he figured instead of him giving me money, I could work for it. And I used to go in the bar and I'd stay out front and shine shoes, and everybody wore those floor shine, Tom McCann shoes with their polyester bell bottoms and leather jackets, right? All right, so you got a picture. But I was shining up shoes to make $5. Why? Because at that time, you could go watch a movie for less than $5 and buy a, a box of gumdrops. Anybody remember the gumdrops? I used to love them when you sit in the balcony and boom, or you see those people, their neck snapping back because you were all up there, right? <laughs> bad boy, bad boy. But I would go and at that time there was this martial artist, okay? His name was Bruce Lee. Right, everybody kind of remember Bruce Lee. Now. For $5, I would be able to go in the theater and watch three movies. Three movies. So I would go into the movie and I would watch Fist of Fury, Chinese Connection, Five Fingers of Death. It was karate up the gazoo. Okay? By the time I left that theater, there wasn't a light pole or a meter or a wall that did not get kicked on my way home. All the way home, I would ah, be doing all that stuff. Right? Some of us went even further. We bought the Chinese slippers and the Chinese pants and the Chinese jacket, right? And if you had really good hair, you would cut your hair like Bruce Lee. I couldn't because I had kinky hair, so you know I couldn't do that. But six hours of watching these films birthed in me a behavior. It altered my identity. I wasn't Bruce Lee, but you couldn't tell me that. Right? I even tried doing the chucker sticks. <laughs> okay, it ended bad. <laughs> okay, I was, okay, that's it. It didn't work for me. The point is that I'm concerned that some people today are under the influence of some of the things they see, taste, touch, feel. And we have to be aware that these influences can become toxic. So much so that it will diminish who we're supposed to be in Christ. And at the end of the day, I want to be all I can be in Christ Jesus. That's what I want to be. I don't want to look like anybody. I don't want to act like anyone. I don't want to um, 
be anybody else except who I'm supposed to be. In fact, there is a unique thumbprint on me, placed there by God. There is a calling upon my life. There's a purpose why I've been created, and I know that it's because I'm supposed to be doing good works. That's what God created us for. In fact, Ephesians, it says that. We have been created for good works way before you were even born. God wanted you to do good works. And people, somebody asked me after the service, well, what does good works look like? And, and it means being all you can be in Christ. In, in fact, it's important for us to understand that being all we can be requires more than just our human effort. But at the end of the day, I'm concerned that what you're watching, what you're involving yourself in, what you're listening to, the people that you're around, by the way, next week it's toxic relationships. And you need to be here because you may be in a relationship that's toxic. Or you may be pursuing one that's toxic. So I would encourage you to come next week, bring the person that's next to you and maybe the person that needs to hear it. But we'll be talking about toxic relationships next week. Amen? So again, the, the, the whole thing around this message today is just that. There are things that we engaged in, listened to, involved ourselves in. Listen, if you're a parent in this room, I'm well aware of propping my kid in front of the TV, expecting the TV to raise him up. That's not what we do. That's not what we're supposed to do, because at the end of the day, I got to tell you them something. Those little movies that you think about, just cartoons, have these subliminal messages that get past our conscious and lodge themselves in our subconscious, and you wind up seeing your kids acting out that way and wondering where it came from. It's important for us to understand that at the end of the day, I mean, I watch kids now two and three years. I, had this, I saw this kid three years old, I think it was the other day. And, and she was, I think, arguing with her friend. Not in this church. Kids don't do that in this church. And it was so hilarious because the little girl turned to the other girl that was bothering her and said, talk to the hand because you don't got no man. And I was like, where you get that from? Right? She was influenced. Just like I was Bruce Lee. For at least two hours until I got home and they called me Junito and then I was in trouble because I wasn't Bruce Lee. Keep in mind as we go through this message today that you begin to have a mental kind of inventory about those things that have influenced you or are still influencing you. If anything should influence you, it's the gospel. If anything should influence you, it's Christ. It's all got to come back to Christ. Throughout this sermon series, you're going to hear nothing but Christ. You're going to hear how it's got to come back to Christ. It was Christ who died on the cross. It was Christ who still to this day is interceding on your behalf, pleading your case. Because I know all of us in this room, all of us, we're still a work in progress. But the last thing you want to do is that when you fall on your face, you give up. Because I know guilt and shame comes in, condemnation comes in and says, oh, you're not worthy. Let me tell you something. You are worthy. Amen. There is a worth and value in you because Christ paid for it, not with silver and gold, but with his blood. So don't tell me that you have no value. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell because everything you look at, all the magazines, everything you look at, you have to have a certain body type. You have to have a certain mentality. Even in school, they put you in tracks. They put you in tracks. The smart kids, college bound. The crazy kids, some other place. There's no more trade schools, I'm sorry. But that's what they try to do. They probably put you on a track. And at the end of the day, what I want to do is want to encourage you. Listen, there is just one track we're on. And that's taking us to heaven. 
But as we're on that road to heaven, we have to understand that we don't jump off the line that's going to hell and just jump on the line that's in heaven thinking everything's okay. So it's important for us to understand there are influences in your life that you have to begin to think about. What are the things you're watching? And listen, I'm taking a high moral ground here and some of you are going to say you really look legalistic. Listen, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you you shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm, I'm driving at today is that there are influences that are toxic that eventually will weigh you down and you begin to act as if you're Bruce Lee when you're not. And it's important for us to begin to identify those things and be able to not only identify, but remove them from our lives. Some of you may have to go home and look at your video collection. Some of you may have to go home and look at your video package. Some of you may have to go home and be careful about the things you read. It amazes me how many Christian women have read or read Fifty Shades of Grey. Right? It's about now where you clutch your purse and say, oh, it's in there. Let me, let me. No, but it, it's just the way it is. Why? Because everybody else is doing it. And listen to me. The majority is not always right. Majority is, biblically, we see that. Okay? When, when the spies were sent out, 12 were sent out, only two came back with good report. Who did they listen to? The 10. What did it cost them? Years of wandering. Years of wandering. Why? Because the majority always isn't right. So I want to encourage you today as we dive into this text that we're going to look at today, why it's so important for us to heed what it's trying to tell us. Because there are influences, good and bad, but there are some that are just toxic. Some that after a while you become something you're not supposed to be. And all of us here, the work that has started in us is supposed to make us more like Christ. Not more like the Kardashians, not more like whatever shows you watch, not more, nothing like that. We're supposed to be all we can be in Christ Jesus, because it was Christ, at the end of the day, it is Christ who died at the cross, paid for my sins, past, present, and future, and is still interceding on my behalf. And I don't know about you, but I got a, I got a case that I got to win here. And he's doing that for me regularly, amen? It's a custom in our church to stand as we read the gospel, so I want to encourage you to stand to your feet really quick as we go through this. I'm going to read it out loud. A man is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 8 in the NIV. And if you don't, it's on the screen, just, you know, and also in your bulletin if you're taking notes. And it reads like this. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You may be seated. This is God's word. The message, which is not a literal translation, but a kind of a devotion of Eugene Peterson, it reads this way. It says this, your flip and callous arrogance in these things bothers me. In other words, the flippant behavior of some people is, I'm not hurting anybody. Everybody else is doing it. So therefore, it's okay. Well, I, I got to tell you that it's not. It says you pass it off as a small thing, but it's anything but that. Yeast too is a small thing, but it works its way through a whole batch of bread, though pretty fast. So get rid of this yeast. Our true identity is flat 
and plain. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of us don't want to be just plain. We want to be extravagant, don't we? We, we want to stick out. We want to stand out. If you're going to stand out for anything, stand out for Jesus. If you're going to boast about anything, boast in Jesus. If you want to be noticed for something, be noticed for the transformation that has taken place in your life because of Jesus. So, so it's important for us to understand that he goes on to say the Passover lamb has already been sacrificed for the Passover meal and we are unraised bread, part of the feast. So let's live our part in the feast, not as raised bread, swollen with the yeast of evil, but a flatbread, simple, genuine, and unpretentious. The Bible doesn't tell us that we have to be better, just different. I'm in this world, but not of this world. So therefore, when I allow the things of this world to influence me, then what begins to happen is what happened in Corinth. Now, I'm always concerned in the Bible when there are two letters written to a particular place. That means there's so much going on that they have to address it in two letters. I often think how many letters when we come to house of worship received from Paul. Quiet. <laughs> maybe five, maybe ten, maybe a book, a manual. Well, the truth is we've been given a book, haven't we? We've been given a book to kind of open up and see what it is that we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be doing. At the end of the day, it's a gospel that should rule and reign my life and dictate how I behave, how I interact with you, how I treat my wife, how I handle my money, how I worship, how I live, how I interact with those of the world. Again, it's not better, it's different. How would the world know unless we tell them? How will the world know about our God unless we reveal it through how we live? But again, in Corinth, what began to happen, these people were Christians, but they were extremely worldly. They were allowing the things in, in this metropolis, this city, it was a, a big city, so it was, it was Paul's biggest task because he had to write two letters to them to kind of correct them on numerous of things. Not only the communion, but the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts, how it was being distributed, what they thought it was, what it wasn't. So this particular instance, there was sexual immorality going on in the church. There was some stuff going on that should not be happening, but everybody was cool with it. People were accepting of it. And here's what I know. Unless we remove the leaven from among us, at the end of the day, the spirit of the God doesn't dwell in a place in which Sin is prevalent. And where it's okay, so right now, if I'm making you uncomfortable, good. I want to offend you so that you can be saved. Because at the end of the day, just like I watched six hours of karate films and came out kicking everything in sight, I'm concerned that some of you are exposing yourself for a very long time to some things that are diminishing who you're supposed to be in Christ. Some of you are vacillating between two worlds. You call yourself Christians, but at the end of the day, I can't distinguish your Christianity. And it's not just me. The world is looking. The world is desperate. The world is hungry for people who are different. That, and that, remember, the majority is not always right. Just because everybody is doing it doesn't make it right. And in Corinth, this is what's happening. In Corinth, these people were, because they were well off, they were intellectual, they were uh, material, but they were morally corrupt. There was a sense of morality that just 
these life rules that they were living from, these, these people that were saved now because Paul planted the church were now acting as the world was acting. They even had temples in the place in which they offered sacrifice, physical sacrifices to gods. There were temples where they went into. Sexual immorality in a place where there's money and there's fame seems to be prevalent, doesn't it? You guys have seen Hollywood, you, you've seen some of the reality shows that are on TV. It just seems, uh, I was just recently watching this, this whole case about this NFL player who now has to go away for life. Because he was influenced, and no matter what money or what fame, it made him feel like, I can get away with anything. Listen to me, at the end of the day, there is a God who loves you. There's a God who sees you. There's a God who's wondering why you're trying to be somebody else. Why you're not trying to be all you can be in Christ. And there's only one way to go about that. We have to learn how to do this. So, but it means also that you have to take it upon yourself to begin to remove the leaven from your lives. Because at the end of the day, a little leaven leavens a whole lot. And for you who don't know who Lebanon is, in, in the first Passover, as they moved out of Egypt, they had to move in haste. They had to move quickly. And normally they would bake their bread, and leaven is the thing that makes the bread rise. So they had no time to bake it because it was like, hey, it's time to go. We've been in captivity for 430 years. It's time for us to go. God said, let's go now. So they picked up their stuff, and they said, we can't bake anything. Let's go. So they didn't put the leaven in the bread to make it rise. They just took it. So it's important for us to realize that that leaven is what puffs us up, contaminates us, corrupts us, makes us something where we're not. And I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about that because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is a new life. There is an abundant life. There is a ten life. John 10, 10 speaks about having a life and having a life more abundantly. I can't do that if I'm still trying to be someone I'm not supposed to be. And because I am so insecure, come on now, I'm talking to somebody. Because I'm so insecure and I'm grasping from different places, I don't really know who I'm supposed to be. At the end of the day, I want you to stop grasping. I want you to stop looking to the cross. I want you to begin to see Jesus high and lifted up. I want you to begin to see Jesus as he was, as he moved about, what he did, how he acted, how he interacted, the things he said, and the things he did not get involved with. Because at the end of the day, he came to do one thing and one thing only, and that was the Father's will. At the end of the day, as believers, we're here to do one thing and one thing only, and that is the Father's will. Your plans, backseat. Your ideas, backseat. Your understanding, backseat. We lean not on our understanding, we lean now on the understanding of Christ. And I just want to encourage you today to realize, for me, I had to identify some of the stuff that was being toxic in my life. I know that having come to Christ, I brought these, this luggage with me. Why I say this? Because for 29 years, I served Satan. For 29 years of my life, listen, I, I ran the shop for him. Okay? He gave me the keys, he let me open up, he let me close. So if you're around and you're only a year in Christ, there's a lot of old behaviors that are still attributed to your personality. And that's okay. Why? Because God has started to work in you, and he's going to finish it. 
But you have to begin to identify and realize the exact nature of why you act the way you act. Some of us still have to deal with a lot of the wounds in our lives. Some of us still have to be able maybe to talk to an empty chair and ask for forgiveness or forgive. Some of us have to begin to move about life realizing, listen, the things I'm watching, things I'm watching on the internet, the things I'm watching on TV. He says, oh, pastor, you're being really extreme. Listen, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you the influence that it can have on your life. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Coming here, I could have taken every red light. I was in a rush. <laughs> I was like honking my horn, right? I could have just, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But just because I could doesn't mean I should. I could mistreat my wife. I don't know if she'll let me get away with it, but just because I could doesn't mean I should. I could squander my money in all kinds of things. Just because I could doesn't mean I should. And at the end of the day, you could. You can watch as many rated R movies as you want. But at the end of the day, what you spend time with will begin to form you, will begin to envelop you, and you'll become that. You'll start talking like somebody that you're not. You'll start acting like somebody that you're not. We've been created for good works since the foundation of the world, since the beginning of time, we've been created for good works. So therefore, we must demonstrate who reigns and rules in our lives. And I've said this before, and I've said it plenty of times. A lot of us ask Jesus to be our Savior, but not our Lord. You see, him being your Lord means you got to get up and let him sit. That's it. Some of us just want to sit down and we want to hold on to the chair. We don't want to move it. No, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. You saved me, but man, I don't know if you can handle this part. And I truly believe that's what's happening today in our society is also permeating its way into the church. At the end of the day, we're still not sure who we're supposed to be. And I'll tell you why. Because you spend more time with social media, watching TV, reading stuff you shouldn't read, rather than spending time reading the gospel, on your knees, being around people that would influence you in a positive way. Some of us are still trying to do it on our own. And at the end of the day, trying to do it on your own is only going to cause you a great deal of problems. I didn't know how to do this. I walked into the church and I read the Schofield Bible. For those who are familiar with Bibles, it said, ye, thou, he, and I was, I can't do this. And I asked God to help me. And he did. He gave me a Bible teacher that was extremely patient with me. And he gave me a Bible that I could understand. And I began to read it. I began to understand a little bit at a time. And if you're still concerned about the influence it can have on you, I, I, used to, I, used, I used to cuss a lot. I used to cuss. Every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word. But I read in the word where the same mouth that I worship God, I cannot use it to cuss man. Like we come here, we sing all these beautiful songs, we get in the car, and we light it up. Right? We light it up. We're like, oh, boy, no, no. How many of us watch Hangover, the movie? Anybody watch Hangover? Here. Anybody? Come on. No, don't be shy. It's not a trick question. Go ahead. Just throw your hands up. Don't worry. It's not a trick question. Come on. Wait, wait. We're in church, you're my family, you're in my living room, it's cool. There are 91 F-bombs in that movie. And you're gonna say, no there wasn't. <laughs> you know how I know? 
I just went to a website that reviews movies for me, and it tells you how many times they use the Lord's name in vain, and it's okay with you. How many times they use uh, you know, sexual innuendos, and it's okay with you. So slowly but surely, these things wear on you. You become desensitized to the point where right now you're probably going to go back and watch Hangover Encounter. <laughs> I, I, I advise you not to do that, but just so you know, there are things that we are watching, we are listening to, that is getting past our conscience, nestling itself in our subconscious, and it's birthing in us a behavior. You have to Stay away from these things. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Now, I wanted to illustrate. I don't know how this got up here. This is not part of my illustration. Who put this up here? This is so nice. Who put this up there? My wife? Where is she? <laughs> but I wanted to illustrate this in a very real way because a lot of us still don't get it. I want all of us to get a cup. I want to give you a little bit of this. I drink it. Thanks. You don't want none? You sure? Why don't you want any? It's poison, right? It'll kill you, wouldn't it? So we all agree that none of us would drink Drano. Right? For those who are listening on the podcast, we have a bottle of Drano on the table, and I just offered a sip to everybody in the congregation. No, I'm not Jim Jones. I'm simply <laughs> trying to make a point here, okay? So what I'm trying to get across is this, that the enemy, if he shows up in a red outfit with a pitchfork, all of us immediately will identify him. And hopefully, we'll run in a different direction. But what if the same poison is disguised as a Coke? <laughs> right? Look at it, so neatly packaged. Red letters, this one's got a basketball player, a final four, it's just, when you crack it open, this one's nice and cold too. Crack it, you put it in a cup with ice and a few lemons, but when you go to the doctor and he begins to see certain levels, he's going to tell you to stop using what? Yeah. See, a toxin, by definition, is just that. Small amounts, that small concentrations build up Build up, build up, and you won't drink this. Oh boy, but I'm not even gonna ask you how many of you are still drinking this. It's good with a cheeseburger, right? Right about now you're getting hungry, right? What I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day, the enemy doesn't come at you full force. He comes at you gradually, maybe through entertainment. And just like I said, you know, I, I said, you know, the hangover this, you know, has a certain amount of, of F-bombs. If I was to drop an F-bomb here, you guys would go crazy. But you pay to be insulted. You pay to have your God be used in vain. And you pay for it. Some of you even wear 3D glasses to watch it happen. And, and, and again, Rated R movies, Passion of Christ is a rated R movie, okay? You know, I get it. I'm simply saying, how is it affecting you? How is it influencing you? And you're saying, nah, man, I'm a rocker your bro that doesn't affect me. Really? You watch one, you watch another, you watch another, you watch another. 
right? Um, I went to the movies recently, took my son, to go see Fast, Furious, Seven, whatever that's called. How many people have seen that movie, right? No problem. I fall asleep all the time in the movies. I go because he's a car buff and he wants to go. But it's not about cars anymore. It really isn't. And it's important for us to begin to understand. It's so important for we begin to understand. Listen to me. It's going to slowly, slowly, not, this will kill you right away. This will kill you right away. This will slowly affect you. And it's important for us to understand that the toxic levels in our lives, these toxins, they influence us in such a way that at the end of the day, I can't even think straight. When I find myself in a situation, I don't go to the gospel, I don't go to Christ, I go to the thing, the place, the person. So, so, so it's important, again, what, I, what I'm trying to do is, is, is just get us to realize that this whole idea of toxic and toxicities, at the end of the day, it affects who we are supposed to be in Christ. It diminishes who we're supposed to be in Christ. And it's all about Christ. That's all I'm about now. It's all about Christ. And if there's anything else, like you saw in the video, that you're spending so much time with, then it's going to affect you. It's going to dictate to you what you should and should not do. Because you're spending time with that. It's, it's, listen, it's so much easier, isn't it, to sit down and watch a movie and to read the gospel? Come on now. Is, is it okay for us to talk? So it's okay for us to have a conversation in here because I don't want to be left up here alone thinking it's just me. You know? It's so much easier. It's like, man, I want to watch A.D., the Bible, 7 o'clock. I'd rather watch that. By the way, don't get your theology from that show. Okay? Don't get your theology from Exodus, you know, the kings. Don't get your theology from that stuff. It, it, you go into the Bible and read it. Some of us, you know, it's good for, it's good for conversation, but it's not good for your theology. It's still made by people who want to make money. Because they're not sending none to Recovery House of Worship, Brooklyn. Because we can use some. They're not sending some of the prophets over here. They're not earmarking any of the prophets to all the struggling churches all over Brooklyn. They're not doing that. But we will sit there and be entertained to the point where we're not drinking the Drano, but we're slowly being, coming toxic being influenced. All of us have a favorite show. All of us have favorite stores we purchase at and buy at. You know that advertisers on Madison Avenue spend a great deal of time trying to get into your brain. The colors, where they put it on the shelf. You ever notice that no frill is on, you know, you can't reach it. They want you to buy walks at eye level. And if you're like me, you fill up the cart and then you realize, what did I do? <laughs> And then I just leave it there and walk away, right? I just, I want you to know what are the things that are causing you to act the way you act. Because if it's the gospel, then amen, praise God. But if it's not, then you have to be conscious of the fact that something is influencing you and it's diminishing who you're supposed to be in Christ. Created for good works. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Glorifying God. Reaching those who do not know the Lord. Being a pillar in our community. I say this to the men all the time. If I was to show up 
you know, to your job or to your neighborhood and say, man, I'm in desperate need of a man or woman of God. Can you direct me to one? And they were like, man, nobody here lives. And then all of a sudden, I see you come out of your apartment. Oh, I see you going to the elevator, your job. I said, well, wait a minute, that, that guy goes to my church. That guy goes to your church? They go to your church? What kind of church? What kind of church is that? So again, it's important for us to understand why it's so important for us to look at the toxic influences in our lives. The majority is not always right. Never, never do you follow the majority. Sometimes it'll take a bold person to be able to say, no, I'm going to follow Christ in the midst of everything that goes on. Because at the end of the day, we see it in Numbers 13, the majority wasn't right. The spies went, two came back, ten, and it caused them years and years of wandering. When they could have gone into the promised land a lot sooner. Like, mind you, God is a God of intention, and therefore he needed to weed out those people that were still murmuring, still complaining, still whining. Nobody here, don't get concerned, not you. But, but God had to weed them out. Because what? Because progress is hindered by people who gossip. That's right. Progress is hindered by people who murmur. That's right. God, you know, like, like gossip kills churches. And if you're not going to be part of the solution, then you're going to be part of the problem. There's no neutrality. There's no gray area here. You're either with it or you're not. And oftentimes, because you have a lot of questions that go on, and instead of asking the questions and getting the right answers, you form your own answers to those questions. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of misinformation going around today. A lot of misinformation. And some of us are holding on to that misinformation rather than getting the information we need to be able to live out the life that God wants us to live. People ask me all the time, and you've heard Pastor Edmund preach it here, how people love to live close to the edge. How close can I get to the edge? How close can I get to the edge? You know, I, you know, I want to date this person. You know, you know, how close can I get to the edge? You know, yeah, but you know, I, I can't tie it. How close do I get to the edge? You know, oh yeah, but I need to work on Sunday because over time, how close do I get to the edge? Everyone wants to live on the edge. You know, there's no room for error on the edge. You know that, right? And I don't know about you, but we're all sinners. We're all going to make mistakes at one time or another, right? Am I, am I the only one? Come on. I, you know, we're going to make mistakes. Here's what I don't want you to do when you make a mistake. First of all, I want you to step away from the ledge. That's number one. You know, don't try to live dangerously, okay? Number one. Number two is when you do fall, get back up. Get back up. You know? Uh, the guilt and shame and the condemnation that the enemy throws your way is meant to diminish who you're supposed to be in Christ. This, this is not an elixir that we drink. The gospel is not instant pudding that we go, ah, oh, everything's great. No. Follow it. Follow the chain of it. There's some suffering that's going to come. Especially, listen to me, if you are anything like me who for 29 years loved doing what I was doing. Yeah, you know, there it goes. Nobody's listening to me right now. I love doing what I was doing. And now you're telling me I can't do it. Because it didn't help me then, but I didn't know it because I was so deceived thinking that it did help me. Right? I thought I was cool. I thought it was okay to do this and go that route. 
I didn't know what it was to be faithful. I didn't know what it was, what it was to take care of this or take care of that. I didn't know about responsibility. I took care of number who? One. That's who I took care of. Everybody else, hey, if you want to come along for the ride, it's cool. But no one rides for free. That's how I felt. And now I come to the Lord and I start to read some things and I'm like, oh. And it got inside me, began to wreck me. And I always say this, the, the gospel will wreck you before it fixes you. It, it'll wreck you. you you'll, you'll, be, you know, you'll be bumping into it. You know, you know those are play years ago. Remember that your arm is too short to box with God? Remember that? Right? You know, and, and it's like that. Some of us want to fight with God, and God is saying, yo, this is what I'm saying. This is what it is. This has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Why do you want to fight it? Why do you want to change it? Why do you want to twist it and just besoze the, the verb here and change it to this? No, you can't do that. It's God's way because he knows best. And it's very powerful for us to understand that because it says here, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Somebody say delight. Delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Day and night. That, that's how we get influenced. Well, what are you meditating on day and night? What, what, what you're doing later? Whether you can pay the bills or not? Whether he loves you or she loves you? Whether you need to lose 20 pounds? To, or whether you need to gain 20 pounds? whether you need to improve on your bank, all these things. What are you meditating day in and day out about? Better yet, at night, what do you fall asleep to? Because I got to tell you that after watching, I don't know, pick a movie where the body count is really high, okay? You go to sleep to that, what are you gonna, how are you going to sleep at night? How are you going to rest through the night? The last thing I want when I lay down my head on my pillow is the gospel. And I've already told you what to do, right? You version, Bible, you can play it, you can listen to it. The guy has a wonderful voice, he'll play it for you. Worship music, wake up, same way. Day and night, what are you meditating on? Are you still meditating on what happened in the past? Are you still Thinking about those things that you can't fix. Because you can't. But they seem to have their hooks in you. What happened seemed to have hit hooks in you. I wanted to be like those guys in a bar. I thought I was Bruce Lee. Why? <laughs> but I wasn't. I got home. My parents and grandmother spoke Spanish. They immediately told me, what are you doing? And uh, they told me, get your act together. And that's what I'm doing today with you. The Corinthians had a problem. They were saved, but the world was so in them. They were so accepting of some of the things. Like today, profanity bothers me. It bothers me. I've gone to anniversaries where I've walked out of them because there's always one or two characters that have to spice it up with a couple of F-bombs. And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm simply saying that recovery is so much better than that. 
so much better. The message is so powerful that you do not have to profane it. In fact, on the contrary, it speaks boldly and loudly to your recovery when you're able to articulate the message without having to accentuate it with a couple of F-bombs. Doesn't make you better. If I was to do that here, oh my God, I would hear it in an hour. I would get four phone calls from California. <laughs> Social media, what are you doing? Right? So where are we? Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Majority is not always right. And just because you see something doesn't mean that that's for you. In fact, there is a scripture that talks about how I can do it. Let me just pull it up here because I wanted to share that with you. It, it says here, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Everybody hear that? Yes. Everybody understand that? Yes. Okay. It's so important for you to understand that because at the end of the day, if you don't understand that, you're gonna, next week we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about this, this whole toxic relationships. And some of you are probably in toxic relationships. I'll give you a whole description of what toxic relationships look like. And you're going to go, okay, I'm done with you. I'm out of here. Right? I just want you to realize that there are things that influence us. But here it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, again, this is what he was talking about to them. He says, you have the right to do anything. That's what you say. That was their argument with Paul. Right? Paul wrote to them, he says, you have a right to do anything, so you say, but not everything is beneficial. You see that? Just because you could doesn't mean you should. You can do anything you want. All of you in this room can go about doing what you're doing. And if it's not living for Christ, then you're going to yield the results of that. Those influences will be in you. They, they will be uh, molding you and making you and birthing you behaviors. And it's going to come out of you when you have an argument, when you bump into somebody, when, when you're told to do something or give something up. You know, I counsel people all the time, especially premarital, marriage, and dating. And, and you know, we have simple rules here. We tell them, and they're like, no, I can't do that. I said, okay, don't do it. But I'll be here when you come back all messed up because you didn't take the suggestions that were given. Isn't that what they tell us to do? Take the suggestions. But some of us, we've been so influenced that at the end of the day, we don't take suggestions from nobody. Come on, really. How many of us listened to our mothers when we were young? None of us. None of us in this room listened to our mothers. Our mothers had somehow a way of sniffing out the people we were hanging out with. They would tell us that person is bad news, right? And then we would say, all of 13 years old, we had all this wisdom, we would say, Ma, you, you don't know what you're talking about, you old. <laughs> By the way, that's what my kids try to tell me today too. But I'm not old, just a little wiser today. Again, you can do it, but it's not beneficial. You have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. At the end of the day, we want to be constructive. We want to be productive. The only way to do that is to realize the influences that are happening in your life. The exact nature of why you do what you do. When you start to do some work and you start to get into the gospel and you start to realize, God reveals it to you. Like he's revealing it to you today. Who you're trying to be. What are you trying to be? It's not who God wants you to be.
if it's not birth in the gospel, if it's not Holy Spirit led, if it's not about the cross and Christ, then who are you trying to be? Those images you look at, that's not you. Those things that you inundate yourself with, that's not you. Those things that you're accepting are slowly withering away at you because you're spending more time with them than you're spending time with the one who wants to transform you. Amen? Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to invite the team to come on up. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. You have to understand that at the end of the day, we got to get deeper so that we can get better. And getting deeper requires us to begin to look at why we are what we are, why we do what we do, why we say the things we say. Where, where do you get that from? I often find myself having conversations with people and saying, where do you get that from? Oh, God helps those who help themselves. Help themselves to what? Where did you get that from? You've been influenced. Oh, it's okay. It's not hurting nobody. Really? Really? You mean last time you used drugs, it didn't affect your wife, your mother, your father, your sister? Didn't affect them? Last time you went to prison, it didn't affect anybody else? Last time? Come on. It didn't affect anybody? Last time I checked, it did. Oh, it's my life. I can live it any way I want. No, it's not. The one who gave you life was God. It was a gift. What you do with it is your gift back to him. What gift are you giving him? When you're not even fulfilling the very image of his son in your life. Guys, I am not perfect. I hang a sign on me. I'm a work in progress. You hang out with me long enough, you begin to see some of the flaws in my life. But here's what I know. God is greater. Amen. There's nothing impossible for him. And if he got me out of that mess, and he got me out of that darkness, and he got me out of that madness, there's nothing that he can't do. Amen. Nothing that he can't do. So at the end of the day, I want you to realize, listen to me, I want you to be bold. I want you to be bold. I want you not to follow everybody else, especially if they're not following Jesus. I don't want you to get with someone that doesn't share your same beliefs. I don't want you to do something that is not found in the gospel. Like some people say, you know, Drano is not in the gospel, right? But you wouldn't drink it because you know it's bad for you. But there are some things you know, not in the gospel, but you know it's bad for you. And those things that you spend enough time with will influence you. So it, it's real simple. I don't want to complicate things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do a, a moral inventory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some things down for myself. Maybe develop a pie chart and take a look how much time am I spending in the very thing that's supposed to transform me. 
How much time are we giving to that? Because like I said earlier, it's easy to sit down and pop a movie for two hours and to read the gospel for 15 minutes. Which one will have a greater effect on you? The more you spend with something, the more it's going to shape you and mold you and make you. I, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to be that person. I don't. I want to be all I can be in Christ. I want to be able to move and walk and live in the power of Jesus Christ. There is a world that needs it. I need it. You need it. The generation that follows us needs it. Be aware of those influences in your life. Take some inventory ask questions and be prepared for the answers here's what I know these toxic influences are like chains one link upon another link upon another link and every time I try to take off I get pulled back I just I can only go so far and then I get pulled back again because of these influences that are trying to diminish the glory of God in my life. Every chain, break every chain, break every chain.